Well, you can talk about film. Gotta be quicker than this. You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal or measure them all by box office appeal, but for once in your life... Be real! Welcome one and all to a very special mini episode of Be Real Guys. Very special, only because of the movie we've decided to watch, uh, for really no other reason. I am one of your hosts, uh, the Pacific Northwest-based Chance Sullivan Pfeiffer. And live taped from Brooklyn, uh, I'm Noah Ballard. How are you, friend? I'm great. You know, like, it was interesting because I was listening to, um, the draft you sent me of the last week's podcast. All right. And I was remembering like how you felt when you saw John Wick and let your life mm-hmm. like was just not mm-hmm. complete. So I feel like I've always known that the movie cocktail like has existed. Like I've seen yes. it as a kid, like on VHS on the video rack at the rental store. And it's like, huh, look at this like charming poster of Tom Cruise, just like leaning over a bar with like the stylized the neon, neon title of cocktail. Yeah. But like, not until this weekend did I, did I like, cause I was going through HBO go and there was nothing that I wanted to see that I hadn't like already seen, but there it was under the seas cocktail. So yeah, this is on HBO go as, as Noah mentioned. And I, and I think we're going to recommend, uh, no matter where <laughs> we land that maybe people give it a look just for the experience. Oh, you, well, that's what I was the, getting to with your thing about John Wick. Like, you're not the same person after you see the movie Cocktail. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Uh, but anyway, so this is a movie, uh, you know, prime Tom Cruise. Uh, oh, two years after, two prime years after Top Tom Gun. Cruise. <laughs> two years after Top Gun, same year as Rain Man. Uh, he, and it... This is one of those interesting things about this this movie, like the arc of this movie, the way it moves forward in and out of these different people's lives. This movie starts with Tom Cruise in a car with a bunch of GIs chasing down a Greyhound bus. Like, this movie begins where some other really interesting movie has just left off. Like, there's no, like, preamble, like, normal preamble to it. No, it's a very, like, sort of 80s, in-meteor res sort of opening. Exactly. But to establish the fact, the only thing that that does is establishing the fact that here's a guy like coming from his previous life and he's going back to New York, presumably to figure out his life and his dream. I mean, he's like the quintessential sort of Donald Trump American where he's just like going to read all the self-help books and he's going to make himself a million dollars. So he chases down the the bus and and rolls into his Uncle Pat's bar in, in Queens um, they have a conversation in which he basically just says, I'm not looking to settle down. I'm just looking to like grab this city by the horns. Um, and then he has like his sort of Aaron Brockovich thing where he like applies for all these jobs that he's absolutely like not qualified for, but he's just trying to get in on, uh, you know, smarts and charm. Um, and so what he ends up doing is falling under the tutelage of an Australian barman, um, played by Brian Brown. Well, that's what I think is so interesting about this movie is because, like, the pedigree is very high. Yes. And these actors are required to do a lot of work for a script that, like, may or may not actually exist. (laughs) Yeah. This movie has the feeling... 
this movie has the feeling of like they gave these people like a lot of money and a lot of camera stuff and they're like we're gonna make a movie on the go yeah like has that feel of like uh you know like mid cocaine scorsese like a new york new york like and then this is gonna happen (laughs) yeah you guys want to go to jamaica for a bit yeah Um, yeah Yeah, it's like well we've got the budget let's get on a plane yeah, and essentially what Brian Brown convinces him of is that there's, the quote is, there's no better way to make it in the world than behind three feet of mahogany. And they enter into this um, this world of like bartending as showmanship on the Upper East Side. And what I would compare it, what I would compare it to in terms of like their relationship to women and what they do behind the bar, what I have written down is it's somewhere between like Magic Mike and Cold Stone Creamery. Like... <laughs> That's what I got. <laughs> That's um, pretty good. Yeah, they have to be like sexy in their performances, but ultimately they're like, providing beverages to people. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. And they're like singing along with the songs, but like it's very It's not like it, quite coyote ugly either. They're not like no. they're not like doing routines. They're just like entertaining bartenders. Throwing bottles, coming up with spontaneous poetry. I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. The sex on the beach. The schnapps made from peach. The velvet hammer. The Alabama slammer. I make things with juice and froth. The pink squirrel. The three-toed sloth. I make drinks so sweet and snazzy. The iced tea, the kamikaze. The way he says, my drinks are so snazzy, is maybe the most embarrassing thing Tom Cruise has ever done. (laughs) And I'm counting Tropic Thunder. Well, this is like, well, that's what's so, I think this is where we enter this sort of strange world, like that this movie exists in. And I think why ultimately this movie is like almost like it's, it's like so insane. Yeah. Is that like this is Tom Cruise like at his Tom Cruisiest for sure? He, he like if you really want to see like the reason that Tom Cruise is like famous and we're interested in him as a person slash actor, it's movies like this. It's performances I would say even more so than Top Gun because he had doing so much more in this movie. I mean, he's essentially doing the same role as Top Gun, where he's like this good-looking younger guy, like has problem with authority. You know, I, yeah, they make they, they give him some loss and then he has to like sing or do something outrageous in front of a lot of people. Right. <laughs> and like Tom Cruise can do all that stuff. Yeah. Like, but 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 I, where I think this movie like keeps it from being like like a good movie. Right. Is the fact that like nobody reeled in anybody on screen. So you what have. What do you mean? I mean, like, there's no reason that they should have used the take where Tom Cruise says, my drinks are so snazzy. <laughs> like, they could have been like, Tom, that was great. There was a lot of energy. Let's do it again. But, like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> well, Roger Donaldson, I know you're a fan of Dante's Peak, but, like, there the the directing in this movie is not what I would call stylish at all. And the choices he does make are weird. Yeah. Like fading to black on a makeout scene and like letting the same reggae song play through the duration of the following scene. Right. Yeah. It was, it's an interesting, but then, the, well, but that's, it also gets at this thing too, where 
I guess we're kind of there. Well, do we want to talk about more what happens in this movie? Yeah, maybe we could get into content a little bit. Isn't don't you find that part of what's so appealing about cocktail is that you know that this kind of like bartending as like a trade um, doesn't exist, but it feels like it should. Oh yeah, it's well. I mean, it's sort of like this would be a fun genre to do with like a coyote ugly or like stories about people who work at bars. Yeah, but it it puts forward that they're the toast of the town on the Upper East Side for like a year. But it's interesting though. Like I think this movie actually. I mean, yes, there is some hyperbole in the idea of like the bartender as showman. Uh, like yeah. that's their sort of soapbox. But I think it also says some like pretty smart things about like what makes a good bartender and like that Mm -hmm. bartenders do like tend to like hold communities together and which I think is sort of the, you have to buy into that to like think this movie is anything but completely ridiculous. Agreed. It's a very American movie. It's about like how you can still make it in the working class, but in like a stylish, honorable way. This, I think, gets at at my fundamental problem. What I think stops it from being good is there is good commentary in this movie, but it's running up against the kind of movie that it is, which is like an 80s teen heartthrob like vehicle for Tom Cruise. So you have on one hand this very sort of like kind of like literary like Mad Men perspective, you know, these two guys, uh, Coughlin and Brian, who have like a pretty, like, damaging, competitive protege relationship. And, like, it's trying to say something about what happens when, like, these sorts of men go out to make it in the world with only their guile and nothing else. But then that's running up against a movie where it's just like, oh, my God, isn't Tom Cruise amazing? And shouldn't he definitely be with Elizabeth Shue? And so at the end, you have, like, the movie has decided to be the very pro Tom Cruise as movie star movie and I'm left thinking, but isn't he lying to Elizabeth Shue about the person he's been this entire time? Oh, absolutely. Does that make sense? Well, that's, I think a, a fundamental flaw of this movie is it's, it's two movies. And it, it, it almost is like two short films put together. There's mm-hmm. the story about Tom Cruise's initial like becoming this like celebrity bartender in New York. And there's like a serious act break. And then like an amount of time goes by and then suddenly we're in Jamaica and it's a story about whether or not Tom Cruise and Elizabeth Shue are going to be together because of his history and his past and this world that's pulling him back in. And what I find amazing about it is like without the love story, very little happens like in this movie. There's no fighter jets going by. There's no race cars. This is not days of thunder. This is ultimately a pretty like, it's like a if you didn't have Tom Cruise there, it's a pretty boring movie about like a sort of successful bartender. Yeah. And it, I think it's still early enough in Tom Cruise's career too that like he was still like letting himself be like used by movies as a character that you're like supposed to like feel complicated about, right. which I feel like, you know, as he graduates like, movie stars do that less and less. Like, I'm just going to play a good guy and you're going to root for me. That's not always the case in this movie. And that's part of what makes it so odd. Well, he's almost on that level of, like, Mel Gibson from uh, Payback. Mm-hmm. It sort of falls into that milieu, too, of, like, so bad there. But they're, like, good-looking doing it, so it's fine. Yeah. It's a very 80s movie in that way. It's speaking such of being, an 80s Speaking movie. of being good-looking, uh, I like that... 
for large chunks of this movie in this universe uh it is just overloaded with beautiful women right but there are no attractive men in the movie at all like tom cruise has like ordered them off set like the scenes like in jamaica where he's at the bar all the men are disgusting it's and like, they're like 20 give the, models uh, give me the uncle yep. from home alone i want that <laughs> kind of ugly let's rate this thing uh absolutely all movies and most of life can be described with our rating system the four categories are good good bad bad good bad and bad good the first good or bad refers to intellectual quality the second is pure pleasure good good is easy things that make you feel smart and happy and that for both reasons you'd want to do again like watching the departed or jaws or calling your pal to do a podcast with him good good movies make noah say love that bad bad is easy too things that bring you neither stimulation nor joy basically you just wasted your time Things like watching White Chicks or Wild Wild West, a conceptual double album of Christian pop punk. Bad, bad movies make Chance say things like, I hated that. Good, bad, then, is something you recognize as worthwhile, but not something you enjoy. Schindler's List, Requiem for a Dream, most classical music, eating your goddamn vegetables. Good, bad is about being an adult, and these kinds of movies make Noah say, I mean, I'm glad I saw it once, but never again. Conversely, bad good is for your thoughtless inner child. It's Cheetos. It's late career Billy Joel. It's movies like Christmas Vacation. Honey? Kids? And Deep Blue Sea. Bad good movies make chance say, But it failed in such an entertaining way. Got all that? Now buckle up, because you're about to hear an opinion stated as fact. I I think we've actually pretty well talked our way to it. I think that this is ultimately a, a bad good movie. I think it... I, it's definitely something I would recommend because of how strange it is. If you're interested in like artifacts from like the early parts of American movie stars' careers, like this is one. I think you're right that I, I was. It's weird that I missed it to this point, right? Uh, and I would recommend going back, but but again, you're left with a, a weird feeling like uh, like the movie was like screen tested for a teen audience and they were like make sure to end it that way even though that's not what you've been watching the rest of the time right yeah, yeah this movie and this movie like was this a really successful movie it they made it for like under 20 million dollars and then it, it internationally made 200 million dollars in its release and then like another 50 million in video rentals <laughs> well the only thing they had to pay for were tom cruise a bunch of ugly men and broken bottles so right but ultimately, I think it's it's quintessential bad good. It's just so ludicrous at moments. Like yeah. this movie has has so many entertaining. Then they're bad entertaining, but they're like mm-hmm. they're entertaining nonetheless. Like there were a couple rock and roll standards that they were like singing that I got, and then there were some. It's like, what is this song? <laughs> is Tom Cruise just making this up? It's a bad <laughs> song. Like they had to convince you that he could do it with Addicted to Love, and then the others might have been Cruise Originals, right? <laughs> just give him, just give him like a wailing guitar line, and he'll just go for it. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. So cocktail, cocktail. It's on HBO, it's on HBO Go. I think if we're you both have two hours to kill, I think this is a fine way to do it. 
All right, buddy. Well, uh, find all our episodes, including one that we recorded just very recently about uh, assassins getting their revenge. We talked about Kill Bill, Payback, and John Wick. Uh, it's all on berealguys.com, SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook. You can email us at berealguys at gmail.com. Friend? Cheers to you. Cheers to you.